Good morning, people of God. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Penny Jungleward, and I'm going to be leading worship this morning as Pastor Dave is enjoying the first week of his sabbatical. We're glad you joined us here on this beautiful Sunday morning. And whether it's your first time here or whether you've always been with us, welcome. We will be celebrating Holy Communion today, uh, so hopefully you received a communion kit on your way, uh, one of these. If not, please uh, let us know and we'll get you one. And for those of you at home, um, you can take a moment now and get some bread and wine or grape juice uh, to be ready uh, following the sermon today. So we do have some announcements. Um, our VBS was postponed, but it's going to be starting uh, next Sunday, the 14th, running through the 17th. So if you haven't done so already, uh, you can register your kids or your grandkids or your neighbor's kids on our website. Also on August 28th, there's going to be a church picnic here. Oh, it's going to start with an outdoor worship at 11 o'clock, and that's going to be followed by food and fun. So we hope to see everybody there for that. And then finally, we are working on putting together a woman's retreat. Uh, it's going to be held the, in October, the weekend of the 21st through the 23rd. There's more information to be found about that on our website, uh, so um, please check it out. Uh, you can register there online if you're interested. And also, then the last thing, if there's anyone here uh, who's a visitor who's here with us for the first time today, um, you can stop by our welcome table on your way out after worship, and we will welcome you properly with a gift. Please pray with me. Blessed Lord God, you have caused the Holy Scriptures to be written for the nourishment of your people. Grant that we may clearly hear the words you have for us today. Help us to learn from them and allow them to change us. May we be comforted by your promises and forever hold fast to the hope of eternal life through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Last week we looked at the parable of the rich fool in chapter 12 of the book of Luke. If you recall, Pastor Dave reflected on how our concern for the future is deeply rooted in fear. And fear led the rich man to become so self-focused that he had shut everyone else out. That parable challenged its listeners to focus on being in relationships, rich in relationships, and not things. To live in community. Today we're going to see that Jesus had some more to say about that. And we're going to continue along in the 12th chapter of Luke, beginning with verse 32. You can follow along on the screen. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief come near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet, so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, 
he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have to admit, when I first read this passage, I was thinking, where am I going to go with this? Because it seems so disjointed. But after Pastor Dave gave us a different perspective on the passage for last week, I began to see this text in a different light also. And although there are several points to this passage, I do think that there's a consistent message that runs through it. So I'm going to just start with the first verse. Jesus begins here addressing fear. Now there are a few verses between last week's text and today's that might provide a little context. They are the classic verses from Luke on worry, telling us, do not worry about your body, what you will eat, or what you will wear. You see, God knows that we're worried about many things. And it's hard to let go of fear in this world that we're living in now, when prices are rising and paychecks aren't, when we're sending our children off to school amidst rising gun incidents and new COVID variants. Jesus knows that these things in our world are going to cause fear, but he wants us to develop a different perspective, a different focus. Eugene Peterson states Jesus' words this way in his translation, The Message, in that Jesus says, What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting, so that you can respond to God's giving. So that's the backdrop for our reading today. Our reading tells us what it is that God wants to give, indeed what he is already giving, and it shows us how to respond in a way that will increase our blessing. So Jesus begins with the word, do not fear, little flock. And the fear that he's addressing here is our fear of the future, at least the unknown about the future. With a show of hands, how many of you have ever worried about the future? Right, I think we all do. We worry at some times whether we're going to have enough to live on, whether we will remain in good health, and we have all other kinds of what-ifs that we're asking ourselves, don't we? Worrying about the future keeps us from being present and open to what life brings us in the moment, and Jesus doesn't want that for us. So he assures his disciples that God will take care of them by telling them that that it is God's good pleasure to give them the kingdom. These are great words of grace to Jesus' followers then and to us now. The Father has already given us the kingdom, and he's done so with great delight. In Matthew 25, it says that on the last day, King Jesus is going to say, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. It is and always has been God's greatest desire to give his kingdom to his flock. It is given to us with great joy, and it is given unconditionally as our inheritance, as heirs with Christ. What a profound statement of assurance this is. So then, what are we to make of the words that follow? If the kingdom is received by grace, why did Jesus follow it with words that sound like something we must do to somehow qualify for or merit the inheritance of God's promise? What is Jesus really getting at here? Well, by grace, the place in the kingdom is very bit, every bit as secure as Jesus says it is. But he's familiar with our human nature, and he knows that such knowledge might lead us to a sense of entitlement, a state of complacency, or even laziness. 
So he follows those words of assurance with illustrations of how we can live our life in a way that brings blessing. So what does that way of life look like? Well, his next words are a call for us to live in a way that is in line with the values of the kingdom that God is giving us. Jesus tells us again that we should become rich toward God by setting aside the ways of this world and living in the ways of the kingdom. Now, Jesus' followers would have been familiar with his ministry and known by observing him that God's kingdom is a place where everyone is equally valued, where everyone is loved, welcomed, and accepted, and where God's resources are shared. When we live in this way, we shift our focus towards others and away from ourselves. We become more generous with our time and with what we have. Instead of accumulating worldly riches, we can set our hearts on those things that God treasures the most, which are love of neighbor, compassion for the poor, mercy and kindness, and justice for the oppressed. Jesus wants to receive the blessings that are found in embracing these values. And then he continues with an illustration of servants who are waiting for their master to return. I don't know about you, but I don't like waiting, and I don't think many of us do. But the reality is, life is full of waiting. We have those boring waits in the checkout lines, uh, the doctor's office, or maybe sitting on hold on our telephone. And then there are the more exciting but equally frustrating waits, like maybe kids waiting for Christmas to come, or new parents waiting for their baby to arrive. Waiting can be hard, and Jesus knows we're going to struggle with it. So he tells us about these servants who don't know when the master will arrive, and yet they know he will. So they wait faithfully, with their lamps burning and their robes tucked into their belts so they will be able to move quickly to serve their master the moment he arrives. Have any of you here watched Downton Abbey? Um, if you have watched it, you recall there's a few episodes where they're going to receive some important guests, and those episodes always have scenes of the house staff busy running around. They're airing the rooms, they're polishing the dinner service, um, and they're discussing menus. And then later on in that episode, one of them would come running down the stairs as soon as they as they've spotted the guest car coming up the drive, telling the others they're arriving. And by the time the guests reach the front doorway, all the all the, the servants are lined up to greet them as they come in. And I believe those scenes kind of illustrate the type of waiting that Jesus is describing. It's active waiting. It's an act of service and faithfulness. And if waiting has to do with faithfulness, then how we prepare and how we wait is going to reflect what we believe about the promised kingdom. So what really is it that we're waiting for? Now, it's true that the kingdom of God is a promise for the end times, something that we're going to receive in its fullness when Jesus returns in glory. But is it only that? If we believe it is, it would be easy to become complacent. And would our lives really have any meaning if we're simply killing time waiting for Jesus to return? I felt there must be more to it than that. And as I thought about it, I began to think of the places throughout the gospel When Jesus says the kingdom of God is near, or the kingdom of God is among you, or the kingdom of God is in your midst. And when I dug into that, I realized that he often used those phrases when referring to the times when the sick were being healed, or where the gospel was being preached, or where demons were being driven out, 
in his name. Those verses remind us that the kingdom is present wherever Jesus is. So, if he lives in us and through us, then perhaps the way we prepare for the coming kingdom is by coming attuned to seeing where and when the kingdom is in our midst now, and even perhaps preparing ourselves to help manifest it. Maybe the best response we can have to God's promise of the kingdom is to live in a way that expresses confidence in our inheritance. Two weeks ago, the teaching text talked about prayer. And Pastor Dave had proposed a form of active prayer where we start to take action and help bring about those things for which we are praying. Well, each week here in church, we pray, Thy kingdom come. Perhaps Jesus is showing us how to live into that prayer, to live in a way that brings the kingdom near. So from Jesus' illustration, living in a way that brings the kingdom near, first of all, requires us to be alert and truly present to what's happening in our lives. Anytime we're mentally checked out or thinking about the past or focused on the future, we move out of the present, and in doing so, we lose our ability to be aware of God's presence. I once had a spiritual director say to me, God exists in all space and time, but you do not. The only place that you can have a real experience of God is in the present moment. So Jesus, in asking us to take a look at how we are living and ask ourselves, am I really paying attention? Am I truly present? Because Jesus doesn't want us to miss out on what God has for us. To live a life unaware or distracted is like being that person at the stoplight who just can't wait and watch for the light to turn. Nope. Perhaps they pick up their phone and they start scrolling or texting, and then the light turns green and they don't even notice it until at least someone starts honking anyway. Jesus doesn't want us to be so distracted that we miss the very thing that we're waiting for. So he says, stay alert, stay present, because God and his kingdom are here now. The truth is, each of us might spend our whole life waiting for the ultimate fulfillment of God's promise. In the meantime, to live a life of blessing, Jesus is inviting us to be present to a God who is already and always present. He's inviting us to watch and be alert, inviting us to look for the reality of God in each other, in the world, and even in ourselves. God is present in all the everyday happenings in our lives, And we just might get a glimpse of the kingdom if we stay present. But living in a way that brings the kingdom near also requires us to be ready, to be prepared. Jesus said the faithful servants were dressed for action with the lamps lit. They were ready to serve at any moment. We might think of being ready more as being in a state of anticipation, expecting to see Jesus' activity in the world, and living boldly because we know our true value as a child of God. But how each of us prepares for service is going to be different because God has created each of us uniquely, each with our own gifts and our own passions. For some, preparing might be cultivating a willingness to do with less so that others among us can have more. For others, it might be becoming deeply grateful for God's forgiveness for our own sins so that we are able to forgive people who have hurt us. It might be learning to be kind to all people, even those who are different from us or have opposing views. 
It might mean growing in compassion and empathy so we're moved to stand up for injustice when we see it. There are so many possibilities. It only matters that we're willing to serve and we're looking for the opportunities that God sent our way. Because in our text today, the servants that were blessed were the ones that were ready and willing to serve the master. And what did they experience? They saw the kingdom of God break through unexpectedly when the master took off his robe and served them instead. I think Jesus is getting at is, what he's getting at is this, if you want to experience yourself what the kingdom is like, the best way to do that is to be ready to share it. Give something away to someone who needs it or help someone in need. Forgive that someone who sets all of your triggers off and you might find a deep peace. Have a conversation with someone who looks or believes differently than you do and the kingdom will be at hand. Or send a note of encouragement to somebody and you can bring the kingdom to them. We're told that the master is going to arrive at an unexpected hour and we don't know the times and places when Jesus is going to show up and reveal himself in our life. That's why we always must be ready and watching for it. My granddaughter Jacqueline likes to play hide-and-seek And since the first time I read this text, the phrase that's been running through my head the whole time is, ready or not, here I come. And I think that phrase maybe sums up exactly what Jesus is saying here. He's going to be present in our life. He's going to come. Have we prepared ourselves to perceive these moments in our life when he shows up and gives us a glimpse of his kingdom? It happened to me one day, when I was leaving Greektown Casino, it was a few years ago when my mom was here for a visit. We had spent the afternoon at the casino with plans to meet my daughter and her husband for dinner afterwards across the street. I'm not a big gambler, but I had a really good day that day, and I walked out of the casino with an extra $70. We crossed the street to head to the restaurant. We were approached by an older woman using a walker. She explained that she was homeless and would appreciate us of buying her something for dinner. Well, having just been blessed with a lucky day, I couldn't refuse her request. So I offered her some money, but she didn't want it. What she wanted was a hamburger from a place on the street that wouldn't serve her because she was homeless. So she asked me if I would go in and get it for her. Now, by this time, I could tell that my mom was really uncomfortable with this whole thing. I honestly don't think that she had ever encountered a homeless person before. So I fully expected that she was going to follow me in to the burger place when I went in. But to my surprise, she stayed outside instead. And when I came out with the food, I found two older ladies just having a chat in the street, despite their differences. The woman thanked us and left, saying she was off to find some friends to share her meal with. That day, had I just kept walking, three people, or perhaps more, would have missed out on a wonderful experience of the kingdom in their midst. The kingdom of God is about serving and sharing. So once again, we encounter this concept of community in today's text. It starts with Jesus speaking to a group, his little flock. And then we see these servants, but they're not waiting alone. They're waiting together. They're working together. Because God's kingdom is community. 
And we only truly experience it when we are in community, serving others and being served. In those times when we're too tired, too stressed, or filled with grief to see God working in our lives, our friends can wait and watch with us. Or maybe it is only through an act of service on our part that another person experiences and understands God's love. The kingdom of God is manifest whenever and wherever anyone shows kindness to another person out of their love for Christ. So it's easy to look at the condition of our world and nation today and find it hard to feel hopeful. But today Jesus says, do not fear, for God has delighted to give us his kingdom. And if we strive to treasure what God treasures, keep our eyes open, and prepare ourselves for service, we are going to be blessed by an experience of the kingdom breaking through in our midst. The kingdom of God is in our midst. We must be simply ready and waiting to find it. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the assurance you give us of a secure future with you in your kingdom. Help us to wait in confidence while we live a life of gratitude and service to others, a life that reflects our prayer, your kingdom come. And all God's people say, Amen. So I'd ask you all to just please stand as you are able for the prayers of the church. The Spirit of the Lord is poured out upon us in abundance, so we're boldly able to pray for the church, the world, and all that God has made. And for each prayer here, I'm going to give you a topic and invite you to pray silently using your old word, own words. And if you don't know what to pray, it's okay, for the Holy Spirit knows your heart and he'll intercede for you. After a few moments, I'm going to say, Lord, in your mercy, to which you will respond, Lord, hear our prayer. So let us pray. Gracious God, giver of all things, with gladness we give thanks for all your goodness and for your love, which has created and sustained us. Help us to treasure in our hearts the inheritance that is ours in Christ Jesus and enable us to respond to that gift by lives devoted to your service. We come before you boldly this morning, confident that you hear the prayers that we offer here today. So we lift up and pray for your kingdom, for all of God's people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we pray for creation in this world that you've given us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we pray for those who are overlooked or oppressed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And now we pray for those who are sick or in need of healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we offer prayers for ourselves and for the specific things that are happening in our personal lives. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Since we have such great hope in your promises, O God, we lift these and all of our prayers to you in confidence and faith as we now pray the prayer your Son has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. And now at this time, I invite you to get out your communion kits or for those of you at home to uh, gather your communion items together as we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. And so first, we're going to start with uh, the wafer. You can get that out. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread He gave thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. The body of Christ given for you. And now we can get the cup here. And again after supper... Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. Uh, he gave thanks. He gave to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. The blood of Christ shed for you. Now, people of God, may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you this day and keep you always in God's grace. And all of God's people say, Amen. And finally, it's important that we ask for your financial support today. None of the ministries or the amazing work that God does through King of Kings is possible without your help. The offering buckets are on your way out of worship today, or if you're at home, you can go to the Give Today tab on our website. Please know that every little bit makes a profound difference in what we can do to take care of God's people. Thank you for blessing us, those that together we can be a blessing for others. And finally, may you receive this blessing. May our God who leads you in pathways of righteousness, who rejoices over you, who calls you by name, bless bless your going out and your coming in today and forever. Amen. Go in peace and share the good news. Thank you to God.